0: Hi, this is Eric Donovan, and you're listening to the Dank Your Wellness Project Podcast.
1: Hi, my name is Fred Cook.
0: Hi, this is Rural Donatu. Hey, this is Dave Moore. Hi, this
1: is Aaron Brown. Hi, this is Charlie Wynn. Hi, this is Ethan Lee. Danny O'Reilly, frontman of The Corroders. Hi, this is Derek O'Boyle. Hi, we're Relish. Hey, this is Mal from the Riptoid Movement. Irish poet, Colum Keegan.
0: Hi, this is David Nolan from Hume Performs Advancement.
1: And you're listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast.
0: Thank you. (laughs)
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode thirty one of the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast. I am delighted to have I'm a good friend of mine, the Lily White Lightning, Mr Eric Donovan, father, brother, son, boxer. How are you, Eric?
0: Personal trainer. Personal trainer. Motivator. Motivator. Ah <laughs> <laughs> Eric Kildare Arman, man. Calm down. <laughs> Kildare yeah. man
1: above everything else, of course. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how are you thanks, doing, Sam? Good, good, Dan. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, yeah, no problem. No, I've been meaning to do this for for quite some time. We just uh, <laughs> our schedules just kept clashing, but uh, but we're, we're here we're now. And that's here. all that matters. Yeah, no better time than the present. Yeah,
1: and I'm delighted to. Uh, yeah to have you on the podcast after a lengthy break from my podcast in which I was kind of going through my own period of loss, difficulties around my own wellness, so I'm absolutely buzzing to be kicking off. I suppose you could call it the second installment of the Kill Wellness Project. I did the first 30, and you're 31 now, the 31st guest. Wow. Including the main man, Danny O'Reilly from the Coronas, who rocked Kilmain and Gail or Kilmainham Hospital last Saturday Mm -hmm. night. Absolutely floored that. He's a legend, isn't he? Absolutely amazing. And, uh, of course, our mutual friend, Mm -hmm. which I think is a nice place for us to start, actually. How me and you did meet was through former Dan Wellness Project guest Charlie Wynn Mm -hmm. and the I'm a Friend initiative. So do you want to give the listeners a bit of background as to how you came to be
0: involved in I'm a Friend? Yeah, I suppose, like, going back and, like, my boxing career um you know started boxing at seven years of age and um at 17 years of age i got onto the high performance program which is the elite program for elite boxers basically mm. uh, in the country and um we were so successful um from a very early stage that mm. um <clears throat> there was a lot of questions about the future of our boxers mm. um in in relation to um I suppose education, yeah. and where they were going to go after their boxing career, etc. So um, sorry, this just sorry to get across you, but that was seven years old.
1: You you started on that program.
0: I, well, no, I started boxing as a, as, as a, a seven, seven year old kid. But when I was yeah. seventeen, I got onto the high performance program. Still
1: a very young age to be having that much pressure, I can imagine.
0: Yeah, very young. But like you know, boxing is a working class sport. A lot of boxers, mm-hmm. not them all, but a lot of them would uh, sacrifice education to put everything into into boxing mm. um you know they would come from tough backgrounds tough environments and uh you know excel in the in the sport of boxing which is you have to be kind of cut from a certain cloth to kind of partake in it mm. um and i suppose going back to yeah i know i'm tracking back a little bit mm. but just to kind of amalgamate everything together um there was questions about the future of our boxers you know it would look pretty bad if we had olympic medalists and world and european medalists Mm. being unemployed after their boxing career with no avenue to go down you know to kind of have a a career after boxing so was that a crossroads would you say yeah so what happened was they tried to implement a program an educational program around our boxing program Mm. and um that's when john cusack the former um head of atlone it Mm. Uh, came on board and we, we we got something set up there. Sadly, it didn't materialize, but we were working there for a few, um, a few weeks, few months. It seemed pretty positive, but I think the success of the Beijing Olympic Games, yeah, kind of, people got carried away from that and kind of lost focus of the bigger picture. Right. And um, but John Cusack was a great guy and still is a great guy, and he's he's he's, a, he's remained a, a close friend of mine and John Cusack introduced me called me up one day and and told me about I'm a friend Mm. and Charlie Wynn and he set up a meeting with both of us and he said he'd like to introduce me to Charlie so upon meeting Charlie um I was really struck by his inspiring story Mm. and this amazing initiative that he set up which Mm. is um you know the I'm a friend anti-bullying initiative and and obviously and, it's in line with your own personal values. Absolutely. And how simplistic it was and how great it was and how valuable it, it can be in society. And how needed it is. Absolutely. And um I mean it's 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 a it's a it's such a brilliant initiative that I wanted to be a part of it. Um yeah. and I thought maybe I didn't really know what I could offer, what I could do. Hmm. Um, but when Charlie asked me if I would like to become the boxing uh, ambassador, the sporting ambassador, for, yeah, he started out hmm. initially as the boxing ambassador for oh, being a friend, okay. yeah, <laughs> and uh, it and that grew, grew into it, yeah, all sports, it grew rapidly into sports ambassador, like you know. But still, still, sometimes I hmm. I wonder, you know, what what I can offer because. Um, I don't really look at I don't really look at myself, and I know I introduced myself at the start as an inspir- inspirational person, a motivator, or whatever. Yeah, but I, ha- I find it hard to see that in myself. You time. still
1: find that difficult to this day, do you? In spite of all the work that you've done, particularly over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I tend to be cu- quite good at giving advice and, let's say, motivating or yeah. what, what have you, and trying to inspire people. But I find it hard to apply that to myself. Yeah. Even though I know what's the right thing to do at times. I mm. just find it hard. Okay. Well, you
1: know what's right to help... Oh, you know what's right to do to help yourself. Yeah, I know what's times.
0: right to do, yeah. I just struggle with implementing it at times, you yeah. know. Um, you know,
1: that's been like a consistent theme across every single episode that I've recorded. Because <laughs> yeah, we open, Because we... I, I'm loath to tar everybody with the same brush but i can only and i can only speak from my own experience and all of the people that i've spoke about this to across doing this podcast and in my job I was working with homeless families and now working with kids who are leaving um the care system in ireland you know we have a negative bias and we find it very difficult to look within give ourselves props build ourselves up it's I don't know whether it's an Irish thing. I don't know whether it's a human thing. I haven't figured that one out yet. Mm. But I have not met one person who doesn't find that difficult. Particularly yeah. when you ha- have the role of being a motivator. Mm. Do you find that there's a there's kind of a mismatch there? Like do you feel kind of
0: yeah, you have to be very careful. I think in this country, with bigging yourself up and being proud of your own achievements, like I try to tell people, like stand up and be proud for what you achieved mm. because even in all of the successes that I've had mm. nobody understands what it took yeah. to achieve the success and re- whether that's in sport in business in school mm. whatever stand up and be proud be proud of your your leaving cert results your junior cert results your 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 college results your sporting achievements it the friends you it, make yeah absolutely it doesn't even the, the job you got mm-hmm. it doesn't matter there's no you can't quantify Success. I the goal is no goal has no limits. Like yeah. uh, actually, joining a gym might be a, a an achievable is a goal to me. Yeah, going to a class is a goal to me. There yeah. is no goal too big or too small. It's just yeah. about taking action for yourself yeah. and being proud of yourself. We tend to we tend to struggle with giving ourselves a bit of credit. We focus on what we're not doing instead of giving ourselves a bit of credit for yeah. what we are doing. Like I'd have people joining the gym and they might turn around and say to me, God, I've not, I've done nothing for the last six months. I tell you, you hear that every like day. All the me. time. <laughs> and they might have done a great week with me and they'd be like, yeah. focusing on the last six months. i said, well, you've just done yeah. a week's training and look at what you've done. You look at what, yeah, you know, and uh, some people like, they just, I don't know. We do we get comfortable in that, in that kind of uncomfortableness, that drama, yeah. that kind of that that we become accustomed to, you know.
1: Well, um, I think what you just said there is very important. It's a bad habit.
0: It's a yeah.
1: And it's also a very cultural thing. I know myself and yourself grew mm-hmm. up in Ireland. I half spent half my time in Kildare, half my time in Dublin. And by Jesus, you can't be fond of yourself.
0: No, no. Yeah. Like I was
1: having a sandwich yeah. in Temple Bar one time. I was sitting down having a sandwich, yeah. and someone who I work with walked by me, looked at my big sandwich, and said, "Pond yourself, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of—I looked out at yeah. the sandwich. I looked up at my friend, who I—I I really like this person a lot. Yeah. But it's a really good example of that kind of dynamic within Irish society. Yeah. Of don't you get too big for your boots? Yeah.
0: Now. We're very opinionated as well, aren't we? But, yeah. uh,
1: so I can understand where where you're coming from in terms of having achieved so much at such a young age and not feeling comfortable mm. giving yourself the props. Would
0: you say that's accurate? Or? Yeah, well, I get asked to go and speak to students in schools and I get asked to speak to sports teams, football teams. Yeah. And... Um, I share a little bit about my story about my life and how I got to where I got to because Mm. my own school and background wasn't that great. I left school at 15. Mm. There was no real emphasis on education when I was younger growing up. And Mm. I struggled really a lot. I found boxing was the boxing and boxing for Ireland was an education for me because Mm. I traveled the world. It was a cultural education. Like Mm. I've been to over 30, 30 plus countries in the world and, um, Lucky enough for me, I've been kind of open minded and observant, and I learned an awful lot on my travels and mm. just from engaging with different people and um, eavesdropping, oh. and just kind yeah, of yeah. learning, you know, just yeah. learning and taking from other people. Like there's learning in everything we do. But I, I think if,
1: you're spun on about that idea of being exposed to other cultures mm. and 30 different countries. Mm. This is quite an achievement for anybody. Yeah. You must have learned so much when you were a girl. Yeah,
0: I was very fortunate, like really, really fortunate. And, um, as and boxing say, gave that to you? It, boxing gave me that. Yeah, it did. And uh, I've been very lucky for that because like, I had so much energy as a young kid, and uh, sometimes you know I would express that in a very <laughs> <laughs> negative way at times, um, as 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 your kids can tend to do if they don't yeah. have a focus. But uh, yeah. you know, boxing kind of um, helped me to channel my energy into something really positive. Yeah. And um, the, the the one good thing about that was boxing training was only on two nights a week, so yeah. <laughs> that gave me two hours a week where I had something really, really positive. Oh, what then, did you do to fill the rest of the Outside of that, yeah, it was just uh don't want to talk about it like yeah, but yeah. Uh, it was kinda like yeah, like yeah. it just So it was an education
1: muck. in itself though, I'm sure, in, in discipline and in mm. focus, in where you you know, where where do you put your focus when you are in the ring? How do you achieve your goals as an athlete? That must have been something that took you away from as you uh as you politely said you yeah. weren't you may not have been engaging in some things that you were entirely happy with yeah but you had those two hours a week was mm. it the discipline and the focus that attracted you to boxing or how, how did it come about
0: yeah i just loved it from the moment i went into the gym i loved everything about it the noise the smell the environment this you just and then you know to top it all off i was pretty damn good at it yeah and uh so if you weren't good at boxing, that can be a very uh, very lonely place to be, a very uncomfortable yeah. place to be. But I, I, I took to it like a duck to water, you know, and Amazing. I excelled at it from a very young age. So, and that's the that's the funny thing. You don't really, like for me, from me as a child growing up, I didn't really know what I wanted. All I knew is boxing was something that really excited me and yeah. I loved the attention that I got from it. From Was the, it the positive
1: reinforcements
0: yeah. from coaches and colleagues and mm. peers? The feedback, the mm. attention, the credit, yeah. That type of stuff was, you know, I felt because I didn't stand out in school, mm. I didn't stand out in, you know, in in other areas of my life, mm. but I stood out in a boxing club. Yeah. I was I kind of had an identity yeah. and that became my identity. Mm. Um so I excelled through my boxing career rapidly and um, and it's funny enough because as I as I kind of say project now into my life right now boxing has opened up a whole other many many avenues paths like let's say like nutrition well being training uh, training personal training uh, fitness and these are all kind of incorporated into one another you know media work has come into my my pathway as well yeah. that I really enjoy, and then the I'm friend work as well, which is yeah. is it's, it's it's all positive stuff. And so podcasts it's, and podcasts, yeah. Look, like, you know, it's it's just great because when yeah. you look back, it's funny you don't know. Sometimes people don't realize they don't know where they're going. Like even maybe people starting out in college, they don't really know what you know what direction to take or yeah. whatever. But that's okay. It'll all make sense. You know what I mean? It'll all it'll all if you just keep doing what you really love doing what you enjoy doing mm. then other kind of opportunities and pathways will present themselves well i think that's one of down. the
1: most important lessons in relation to feeling good feeling well you know a lot of people don't have that thing in their life that they absolutely love or they feel they're good at and i don't know whether there's a fear there that stops them from trying to find out what that is you know you hear people all the time they live for the weekend they hate their job they don't have um interests because they're too afraid to put themselves out there and take that risk and get there so when i hear you talking about what boxing gave you as a child now into an adult Um, It's the same dynamic that I feel with music and creativity and the work that I do with vulnerable people, you know. Mm. It's something that sustains me and I feel so blessed and lucky to have that in my life as well Mm. because you really feel that you don't work a day when you're doing something that you love. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I do. I definitely agree with that. See, some people might look at boxing and they might look at me and say, how do you do it? (laughs) But for me, it's the most comfortable thing in the world for me because I've been doing it from such a young age and we can become very comfortable in the things that we've done but if the things that we've been always been doing but if we if we really want to challenge ourselves and sometimes that can just be a fantasy but we're too reluctant or too afraid to maybe take the the gamble or the risk uh to go for something but we should dream big um Mm. i mean one thing that scared me was the idea of college and leaving cert exams and all that like that's why I dropped out like at 15 I was really I just was out of my depth you know I was falling behind I was I my, I was so disinterested mm. um but as I got older I started to realise <clears throat> the importance of education yeah and how valuable it is and that mm. there is no weight at all to carry when you have an education on mm. your back yeah um and so at 28 years of age i decided to go back into third level education i took a two-year full-time uh course in uh counseling and i graduated with a diploma in 2015 so fantastic congratulations
1: on that yeah what was that transition like because i'm sure you had the fear (laughs) that you left at 15 that was probably still in you in relation to you know the fear of learning, the fear of the classroom environment. How did you deal with that when you went back?
0: Yeah, it, it was it was I, the thought of it all was more daunted than anything else. Mm. But again, I had to assess the situation for like a bit of rationale behind it, yeah. and 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 I came to the conclusion that no matter what you want <laughs> in life, there has to be a risk reward element to it. Yeah, and sometimes. Most time, the bigger the risk, the better the reward. Yeah, And, I mean, if everything was easy, it, it, it just wouldn't make sense, would it? Um, yeah. And so I had to confront the fear and say, hey, this is a big risk, but I'm doing something very positive here. Yeah, And if I'm cut out for it, great. If I'm not, at least I can say I tried. It's great more about experience. regrets. Yeah, it's yeah. more about not having regrets and say, hey, yeah. let's go for it. And once I got into that setting, you know, I really enjoyed it, and um, I've, like I said, I'm not stopped. That I'd love to go back and do a degree, um, yeah. but I've my professional boxing career to uh,
1: to to attend to. To attend to. <laughs> well, now. that's funny
0: yeah. you should bring that up,
1: Eric, because yeah. I'd love you to take the listeners back. I was privileged to be at one of your training groups Mm -hmm. down in County Meath. Was it County Mm -hmm. Meath we were in that day? That's (laughs) right, Navin, I think. Navin, that's right. Um, Lovely bunch of young people, very enthusiastic, and I thought they responded extremely well to your delivery of the I'm a Friend training. Um, And you told them a story that day that blew my chops off because I had known you for probably six months at that stage, but I'd never heard the story. Would you Mm -hmm. mind taking (laughs) the listeners back to to that story that you told them about your experience abroad and
0: was it Russia? Uh, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. <clears throat> yeah, suppose it was the journey I had of self-discovery in mm. Kazakhstan that actually gave me the confidence to go into third level education. Um, so in 2012, I was coming to the end of my amateur boxing career. I was kind of wounded in the sense that I didn't qualify For the Olympic Games, for Beijing or London, so I was kind of feeling quite low and sorry for myself. But there was this new profession, say profession, new uh, boxing program set up by the World Amateur Boxing Association, which is called the World Series of Boxing, Mm. which gave amateur boxers the the opportunity to box in a professional capacity. But still keep their amateur status. Yes. So it's amateurs, boxing amateurs, basically, in, yeah. in, in a professional game. Yeah. But there was only 12 franchises in the world that had signed up to this program at yeah. this time. Um, so you couldn't automatically partake or join. Yeah. You threw your name into a hat for or a best. draft and hope <coughs> you'd yeah. be picked out. And uh, for me, I just threw my name in and just said hey I'll see what happens um, personally if I was to be selected I was hoping to be selected by It Italia Italy Italia Thunder they were called yeah um, simply because they were sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana <laughs> <laughs> and you got the best of Dolce Gabbana gear so yeah. <laughs> see where my priorities were um, yeah you, you could be a style icon <laughs> yeah. if you wanted <laughs> yeah well then um, lo and behold I got a phone call off my coach uh, about a week later yeah like, there was hundreds of boxers putting in their name into these drafts, so I didn't really think I was going to be selected. But my coach rang and said, you know, you've been picked for the World Series of Boxing. And I said, oh, brilliant, fantastic. Yeah. Um, who who picked me? And he said, um, Kazakhstan. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I was like, all right. It's
1: just funny, you know, yeah. it's the whole Borat thing. Yeah, yeah, what, makes little... even more yeah is... <laughs> what makes it even more funnier is...
0: What makes it even more funnier is... I only watched the film Borat a couple of weeks beforehand, and oh, it uh, was only released around yeah, that, that time. Yeah, and which is which is quite sad as well. Um, and and it it was quite offensive to the Kazakhstan people of course because it was, I believe yeah. Borat wasn't even filmed in Kazakhstan no it was in Pakistan or somewhere like that or Romania or yeah. somewhere like apologies that apologies to my yeah. Kazakhstani uh, yeah.
1: uh, listeners with no 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 disrespect there absolutely not but
0: uh, <laughs> you know I, I I had a week to make the decision so that
1: phone call there was a lot of emotions involved. So yeah. The, like mm. oh my god I, I nearly forgot that I applied for this whole thing and now you're you're, you're tasked with this opportunity or you're given this opportunity and was it a big decision to to accept it? Uh, it you
0: was. Know, it was a monumental what you were doing in your life yeah, at, that, at hum- that time. It was a humongous decision because um, all of my life I travelled with the Irish boxing team full support team physios yeah. doctors nutritionists coaches we, we, we had a full professional team and of course excuse me all my teammates yeah but this trip to Kazakhstan meant I was to travel alone. Mm. And the deal with Kazakhstan was you couldn't go back and forth. Yeah. They wanted you out there yeah. permanently. So I had a week to decide and um, lucky enough another Irish guy had been picked by them as well. Oh, okay. So I said that will help me help me out a little bit. Mm. Um, so he travelled out first and I, I, I said look so once in a lifetime opportunity, yeah. I go for it. See what happens. So, yeah, see what happens. So I went out there and it really it was wow. It was just uh, it was like another world. We flew into Almaty, which is um, the, the former capital of Kazakhstan, yeah. and uh, our base was uh, just at the the foot of the Almaty mountains and um, lo- living in log cabins basically, and it was really rural. Rural part of uh, of 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 Almaty as well. Was and, uh, it
1: was it in winter time that you flew out? I flew out, out in October time? and yeah, it was kind
0: so. of plus thirty degrees, which was really good. But yeah. two months later, it was minus thirty degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was kind <laughs> of in like, the blink wow. of an eye. There, and yeah. yeah, yeah. But the transition there was very very difficult. Then for my old Irish uh, teammate as well, Tyrone, very difficult for him as well. And both yeah. of us struggled because. I suppose we were out taking out of our comfort zone taking out of our familiar f- yeah. familiarities and uh, th- and as you th- said
1: you were so used to travelling in that insulated environment yeah. of the fully professional Irish amateur boxing mm. team yeah so it was nearly like the opposite of that scenario was it? yeah and the language
0: barrier and all that was difficult as well and I suppose the military type military type style training lined up every morning half seven. oh ok lined up shake hands with everybody Double ultra, double ultra. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, yeah. And and then you go for breakfast. Then you train in the in the in the in the late morning. And then you train again in the afternoon. And then it's just like groundhog day every day. And uh, then so it was a Sunday, like a military camp. Yeah, yeah. Then on a Sunday you go into shopping center. But the sparring was so tough. It was really, really, really tough. Like I got dropped with a body shot on my first day of sparring. Oh, and I kind of felt like when before I got into spar, I kind of felt like. There was a lot of 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 a of a kind of attention around my my sparring. Uh, people were gravitating towards the ring, right. coaches were kinda of congregating, talking, to see what this guy is really like. And I felt okay, I've gotta to prove to them now that they picked a good one. Yeah. And um, you know, they flew me across the world to come here and box for them. Yeah. So I've got to show them. Yeah, exactly. and so I was just like disheartened when I got caught by the body shot yeah. and even walking out the gym that day I didn't really have you know when you're with the Irish team you normally have somebody to kind of confide in and, yes. and and get support from and feedback but over there you don't really get much feedback afterwards and then of course the language barrier was difficult but
1: that must have been a very lonely place <coughs> yeah. after, after that day particularly
0: yeah because I started to question myself then when I was out there do I really want this I, was, I wasn't getting the tournament was well and underway well up and, and going and uh, I wasn't really getting uh, picked to yeah. fight. Um, and I was sparring. Uh, I think I dropped a headshot the next day. Yeah. Uh, the next day I was sparring. And I was kind of thinking, God, these guys... I was thinking that these guys must be thinking they've, they've wasted their time right. with me. And so I started feeling feel really low. And yeah. uh, I was thinking about my two kids back home that I wasn't, yeah. getting, to I saw, I wasn't getting to see. And I saw my yeah. youngest son to take his first steps on through skype yeah uh, i mean the money wasn't great well talk uh, about an insult that. to injury yeah, literally <laughs> yeah so i started to yeah. kind of just like say well what what am i doing here like you know maybe yeah. i should go you know but then i said you know if i go if i leave here I, if i leave it'll be a huge regret that might last and stay with me for the rest of my life yeah and I was very con- I was very close to leaving. I was contemplating getting out of there, making my exit. But I had to start coming up with a, 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 a sh- kind of a, a a reason or an excuse of <laughs> why I left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I know. I know. Look, people will say, you know, well, why why didn't you cut it out there? What happened? You know, mm. and rather than tell the truth. You know, you might come up with some of the money wasn't good, the language barrier was too difficult, the missing kids, I got homesick, whatever. Yeah, just to get
1: through those conversations.
0: Yeah, you know, and I just I was I started to think about, oh God, I'm gonna to have to be justifying myself and I got home now. So then I had to come face to face with Eric. Um and I had to I had to be honest and true to myself. So what's going on here? And I I accepted that I was struggling and I took ownership of that. I'm really struggling in this environment mm. what can I do mm. I was assigned a personal coach but he couldn't speak English and I couldn't speak Russian <laughs> it was very very difficult to work together yeah. so I think can
1: I just stop yeah. you for a second I think that's so so, so powerful mm. I actually choked up a little bit <laughs> again and I've heard this story before yeah but you yeah. had to accept your suffering mm. you had to accept your situation mm. before you could do anything about it mm.
0: I think that's the most important thing we can't really change what we don't know we have to take yeah. ownership and we have to have the awareness first uh so my awareness was very very um very clear and uh so i just kind of started to kind of talk to myself in a kind of a coaching role and say eric what can you do here what mm. what 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 small steps can we take to make this journey you know more manageable for you and um one of the first um, thoughts that came to my head was, maybe if I could have a better understanding um, and better communication with my personal coach, that would be better. So how would I go about that? Well, I identified early on that there was um, the daughter of the lady who owned the training complex was a, a student in school and she spoke quite decent English. So I asked her one day, would she help me to learn some Russian? and so she was happy to oblige and uh, we started off with the alphabet and uh, like like
1: my nephew did with you when you met him earlier on before yeah before yeah. we started recording little louis yeah little louis was in yeah. here teaching you the alphabet oh, he in english
0: was, yeah he he <laughs> yeah he gave, so he, he, gave, he gave he gave us a master class on the alphabet yeah and the numbers yeah so you started with the alphabet started in with, russian yeah I started with the alphabet All i also wanted to do is learn maybe the boxing language you know cuz i said that will help yeah. So I started kind of um immersing myself in the in the uh in the in the in the Russian language with her, maybe one hour a day or sometimes two hours a day and then I'd go on to online programmes and stuff and yeah. try and do a bit more. Um before I knew it I was able to go into the restaurant and ask for my what what I wanted for dinner in Russian and you know, and then I was able to learn the boxing language, you know, yeah. the you know, um uh, Leva, Leva, Prava, one, two, you know, yeah. Razdva you know, back of eye, which is a hook. schnizu is an uppercut, Shagnazad, yeah. step back. Yeah. So these little things. And <clears throat> so when the coach was outside the ring and I was sparring, he'd say something like robot, robot, and which would mean work more, work more. And, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I started to feel a part of something, um, a part of a team. Um, because I was, I felt out on the outside and now I felt more involved. And, uh, it's amazing how just that little simple action that I took yeah. turned around my thought process. And,
1: and the simplicity
0: of the it The simplicity as well. of it. Yeah, I was, I was learning and I was enjoying myself while I was learning. And now the difficult, tough environment that I was in wasn't as, as difficult as it was before. Yeah. Now I was sparring a little bit better. And now I was, I was starting to improve. Right. And now I was getting on top. So yeah. there was six guys in my weight and I was bottom around. I wasn't getting selected to fight. Yeah. So somewhere around two and a half months into my into my trip, I get selected to box on the home show against Italia Thunder. <laughs> my 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 <laughs> my my guys. former team, yeah. <laughs> Wishful team. And um so um I boxed there in front of ten thousand Kazakhstan people and uh, that must just wow it was a, and I won I met I won on my debut and had 10,000 Kazakhstan people calling my name which was just an unbelievable experience that I never would have got the opportunity to enjoy had I made my exit and went home
1: yeah um, so you literally went from one end of the spectrum to the other in every way mm-hmm. confidence wise I mean you talked about being dropped with the body shot in your mm. first sparring session, the head headshot the next day, mm. having nobody to talk to, having a coach but not being able to communicate with mm. them, then you accepted how difficult your situation was and took ownership of it <clears throat> and then made such a simple decision mm. to talk to this girl... She taught you a bit of English. And then you're at the other end of the spectrum with ten thousand people, you couldn't feel even more part yeah. of your
0: environment. So yeah. to go
1: from complete
0: isolation to that must have just been mind blowing. Yeah. I was, it really was. And then things started to progress from there, you know, I started to really enjoy it and then I started to discover a little bit more about myself. Um firstly like was discovering that you can come through adversity mm-hmm. and, you know, come out the other side um you can live on your own away from home you know mm. you can spread your wings you can broaden your horizons yeah. you know you can develop as a person so i feel like i, I felt like I, I grew up out there as a man yeah. and hence the reason you know to go back into college um, yeah uh, when i got back but um yeah a couple of amazing things happened to me out there like in terms of like I know there might be material things to some people, but like I was on a TV commercial in Kazakhstan, like, and I was on the side, I was on the billboards and I was on the side of a bus and, I mean, like I was asked for an autograph by two young kids in a supermarket, like yeah. for a guy from a time, just like you know, it's just
1: it's you couldn't write the script for this. So kind you're of in stuff. a supermarket in Kazakhstan. Yeah. Are you writing the Lily White Lightning, or are you just signing it as Eric Donovan? Oh, it was amazing.
0: Like it was, uh, yeah, just absolutely amazing. They called me by by, by my surname Donovan, Donovan, oh. Donovan. Please, please, uh, you know, nice. and they're handing me the paper. And but yeah. you you mentioned
1: there that some people might find that. Um, I don't remember the word you use, but like tokenistic or kind of material, uh, material. Stuff, yeah. yeah but it's what that those experiences represent though isn't it yeah as I, opposed to actually it is the adulation yeah. and the yeah <laughs> it's how far you had brought yourself through adversity
0: yes yeah yeah that's it really like you know it was just the whole the whole the whole kind of journey of you know being at one end of the spectrum as I say the jump off point and you could it's have impo- easily gone on very easy and i just think that if i did i probably wouldn't be the same person today because we can make rash decisions and sometimes they're based i believe on the struggles that we have and yeah. we might feel like it's easier because the easiest thing to do you know, when you talk about the fight or flight mode, is to f- yeah. is to jump off, flight, get away here. Yeah, you know,
1: we'll pull the covers up over you. Yeah. head, not get out of the bed, yeah. and not make
0: the effort. Yeah, and we can justify it, and we 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 not are we're, we're normally very good at justifying things and coming up with excuses. Like that's very simple, mm. and we can justify it to kind of strengthen it, strengthen our decision making to make it not look as bad as it was. Oh yeah. Um, and I would have been. We're pros at that. Yeah, and I would have been. I definitely would have been one for kind of behaving like that in in the past. But I was kind of sick of it. You know, you get sick (laughs) of it. It's a
1: really excellent point. You do. I completely relate to that. You get sick of your own bullshit,
0: man. You get sick of propping yourself up with your own bullshit. Yeah. So I was like, come on, man. You know, (laughs) just, you know, you're never going to come back out here again. Ever. Like, who knows? But if you go home now, you'll be telling people in 20 years time why you went home and it won't be the reason why you went home so I just kind of you know grew a pair and got on with it yeah Yeah.
1: it literally is it's a fantastic story i think because of what i mentioned about facing the difficulty and not um, you know not not Mm. being succumbed by it but you said the word you had to take ownership I found that quite profound when you said that I stopped you because I was mm. kind of choking up a bit mm. even though it was the second time I had heard that story but it's such an important lesson in relation to wellness I think yeah because it's not like you're saying oh you're cured now or you know you're never going to go through adversity again yeah you're going to go through adversity next Thursday stuff is going to happen do you know but yeah. you, I, I, I can imagine that you've learned so much from that experience in relation to how you can manage your own mental health now
0: yeah and I have there's absolutely no doubt about it but like as I I mentioned earlier sometimes it can be hard for me to apply the simple kind of fundamentals of well-being to my life Um, but I think the number one kind of element in in everything is is, is awareness and once you have awareness you know you can kind of you know you can kind of get some direction on where to go and what to do but the thing is with wellness is we're not sometimes we strive for happiness and we w- we want to be happy all the time sometimes yeah we're searching for happiness yeah. and when you know we're searching in all these different places for happiness but sometimes happiness is just a state of being exactly you know it's just being okay with yourself whether you're doing not whether you're sitting on the couch at home like happiness is I can be happy, doing nothing at mm. times. And okay I would describe that. that as
1: balance, Eric. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like not how mm-hmm. ha- it doesn't always have to be the massive high. No, but the lows don't always have to be the the desperate lows either. I I, I describe wellness and happiness as the balance between the two. Yeah, and maintaining that as much as possible whilst experiencing highs, obviously. Yeah. But I think if you if one strives. And sees the only time that they can be happy is at those massive highs. Then mm. you're gonna be disappointed a lot of the time,
0: you know. I can, I can, I, I can identify with that because you see, my life has been an event of highs and lows, yeah. and the highs I've had have been really extremely high. Mm. You know, you talk about representing your country on the biggest stage. You talk about yeah. Now being a professional boxer, mm. boxing in a stadium, topping the bill, people yeah. coming up to watch, you know, fans chanting your name, yeah. the buzz, the adrenaline, the the whole occasion, and the build up to it, and the interviews, and the the, the press conferences, and all that type of stuff. I love that. And I the post fight buzz,
1: especially when you win, I'm sure is yeah, very, like it's
0: a huge high. It must be after oh, all the work you've put into the fight. Huge. I go into a different state of being, which <laughs> is like. I call it in the zone Mm. where you know you transform into just being normal kind of average guy to being this guy that's going into a professional contest knowing that he has to come up and produce the goods here um, because there's a guy who wants to take his head off in standing in the other corner and uh, people are paying money to come watch this and people are backing you people are supporting you Mm. so I build myself up I use every bit of motivation that I can get and uh, and then boom it's brilliant but it's all it's, when over. it's all over <laughs> I, t- yeah. I the, the week after or normal the week after or the fortnight after my fight can be very low points for me I was just I'm read, ask, just,
1: I was just gonna ask you what that's like because mm. you hear it all the time and whether mm. you're a music whether you hear it from musicians like we spoke about Danny earlier on on, you know from the Mm. Coronas they played in front of like 25,000 people you know Mm. and I spoke to him a lot about you know how do you manage that time after having such a ridiculous high Mm. so what you're describing there is quite common I think for people who are have the crowds chanting for them and how do you manage that in relation to your own mental
0: health? Don't like how do you manage those lows in a couple of weeks after? What did you do? I just have to let to myself you? I have to let myself come down. Like I have to unwind in a way, um because it's very important that I don't make any rash decisions when I'm going through that state. Because <laughs> you can feel Sorry, the high or the low? the low? The low. Because you can feel yeah. crap. Yeah. And when you feel crap... You're not confident. You're, yeah, yes. but when you feel crap, you want to change certain things to make yourself feel better. Right. But it's very important that you don't do that because that's me trying to deflect away from the feeling that's going on. Oh, okay. I'm feeling down. and feeling low. I'm feeling isolated. I'm f- just feeling, you know, overall yeah. kind of lonely and stuff yeah. like that. It's amazing. Like You would feel like that, but I can sometimes then want to... I can sometimes then kind of assess my life situations and feel like, oh, well, maybe I could change this or maybe maybe if yeah. I'd done this, it'd be better, whatever. So uh, do you
1: make a conscious decision then? Because you've been through it four times, five times now as a professional. Yeah. And you've obviously been through it as an amateur boxer as well with those highs. Like, Do you consciously decide, I'm not going to make any decisions now after this super high Like, is because you know that you're not in the in the yeah. right balanced
0: frame of mind to do so yeah I have to let myself come down I have to let myself be the way I am for that next week or two yeah I might not be very <laughs> friendly <laughs> and you know yeah. when I think back you know my girlfriend notices the abrupt change right from a guy who's on top of the world, to, to be right down. Yeah. But it just takes me a week or two to adjust. So yeah. she leaves me B2 as well. Yeah. She's like... I, well, I
1: was just going to ask you about Laura, you know, in terms of, obviously, she is involved in sports mm. herself, and coaching with the Irish uh, ladies football teams yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So she has a little bit of insight into yeah. what it takes to be, you know, yeah. athlete, all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure that support that you get from her is crucial. In relation to just leaving you be, it's brilliant. Yeah,
0: like Laura would suggest things like let's go for a walk, you know, let's go out for a coffee or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because like just accepts you the way you are. Yeah, you know, you know, (laughs) and um, you know, she might uh, take more control of doing house chores or whatever (laughs) around a week after, uh, or two weeks after, just to like readjust. Back into life, and you know it's funny because I can remember Roy Keane and listening to their stories, and yeah. I think um, AP Mackay has, has spoke about it as well. How the high of winning is so, and performing is so short. Yeah, it's the adre- the, the, the achievement, the adrenaline. It's it's over in a flash. It's almost like an anticlimax, and then you 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 want that again. So it's back around to going for that again, chasing the dragon. Yeah, is, is it like that dynamic of like you hear about people who have yeah because like chasing it's, that it's, eye. It's, it's it's there's something about it like you're never more alive <laughs> than in the boxing ring. I think, but more so in the lead up to it, the walk to the walk to the dressing room to get unchanged yeah. and ready, the walk from the dressing room to the ring, which <laughs> the introduction. The anticipation it's absolutely, everybody's feeling. Yeah. I can't wait it's to see infectious. A fight. It really is infectious. And and I live for that. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And I'm learning more and more about understanding my emotions yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So, like, I remember for the first one or two professional fights that I had, I struggled afterwards with. Reacclimatizing to my normal life again yeah. you know um even though like i'm not boxing you know for any major titles world titles or anything yet Yes. but it's just yeah sentence, but it's just i treat every fight like a world title fight i treat every single time i get into the ring like it's you know the biggest fight of my life yeah you know so i get really up for it i I come down an awful lot of weight. I sacrifice an awful lot. Yeah. I go into the zone, and then, of course, I have to. You you ask me how do I readjust and how to. Yeah. W- one thing that's really really fun is going out and eating all around me. Um, <laughs> Eddie Rockets. <like, laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a typical kind of uh That's a typical kind of haunt that I that I yeah. would uh, would uh, would. Uh, I, I, I saw your mm.
1: face just lit up when yeah. when your mind went to that yeah after you've sacrificed so much and it's <laughs> brilliant. actually
0: brilliant she gives yourself the food <laughs> again. it's brilliant laura always takes a selfie of me when i get my <laughs> first uh you know big, big junk meal or whatever you know after you. junk food meal yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, it's funny because i look at myself and it's kind of like it's the post diet meal i call it the, yeah. the, the post fight meal yeah. uh, uh, first meal and uh, my smile is very unusual <laughs> it's bigger than it normally is yeah <laughs> well, so, it is. So there's no, a lot to be say, smiled yeah. like you have now there's a lot the whole interview so yeah. far now you know there's a lot to be said for
1: can I ask um, about the similarities between being an amateur boxer and a pro boxer because how long are you a professional boxer now uh, just over a year now over a year now and your, your next fight is coming up to
0: September is that correct next fight is September the 9th that's yeah has that, um, that been Nailed down and signed off. It's nailed uh, down, yeah, an opponent will be announced very soon. Uh it's gonna be a big fight for me. uh probably my biggest to date, but like I know I say that every time, but that's true because every true. every fight is a is a, is an is, is a more difficult one because it's a step up the ladder again. Yes. Uh the level is always increasing. And there's um, a huge
1: amount of interest in your career. the forty two have uh been am I allowed to talk about this yeah. in this podcast? Yeah. It has been announced, the interest is there. Um, how have you found having the cameras following you around has that been a, an interesting experience have you enjoyed it
0: Yeah I I I, I enjoy that part of it like you know it kind of it's it's good in one sense to give people an insight into what goes on because normally a lot of people would see it boxing under the lights on fight night but they don't yeah. see behind the scenes the training and, and and again like being a professional boxer is couldn't be further from being a professional footballer like let's say you know like How I, so? well in the sense that being a professional footballer you get well paid get the recognition even (laughs) though you don't want it you just you know get it but as a professional boxer I still have everything that any other normal person would have in life bills work have to work um, you know I have two kids um, and run a house run a car everything pay taxes everything so it's just that I have this dream of becoming a European champion I mean and if yeah. anything else happens after that it'd be a, a, a great bonus but I've got to promote myself and sell myself yeah. in a way to build a fan base because I I don't like in order for me to box on each on, on each professional boxing show I have to sell a certain amount of allocated tickets yes yeah. um, mm. because I have to pay the promoter at yeah. his fee I have to bring in and pay for my own opponents. Yeah, um, to get my. Career and that, this and is the running. type
1: of things that people don't. They don't realize. realize. They hear pro boxer, they think.
0: Ah, mm. oh, you, you said, well Bright or, lights, yeah. all
1: this, Any chance of land yeah. a score, all this. Yeah. Co- <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So no, it's hard, but. I don't like that part of it, having to try and sell yeah. tickets and stuff like that. Just because I'm uneasy around it, you know. Um,
1: you mentioned about self promotion there, and that kind of harks back to what you said earlier about the difficulty with supposed suppose looking in and that cultural yeah. thing we said, yeah. you know about you know f- us finding it difficult to not pimp ourselves but you know really yeah. push our best sides out. That must be an element that you have to you know overcome yeah. in relation to to promoting yourself.
0: Yeah, because like it's not a cheap ticket either to go to a boxing event. Like I know it's a real, it's a showcase, it's a business, it's an, it's a, it is a real. Entertainment that's certainly you know, enjoyable event.
1: now. I've been yeah. to the last two and I've had yeah. great nights. Yeah, I'd highly recommend anybody who's free on the 9th of September contact me yeah. and I'll put you in touch with Eric about getting a ticket for his uh his next fight because it's a wonderful night in, in the
0: national stadium. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, really Dan. Yeah, no, yeah. Fantastic really, really grateful to have your support and and your dad see he, he, Joe he's 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 been there as well and really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, like that's the thing, I just find that, because like, I know people, I know I, I know people, I, I'm, I'm in touch with people, and I know everybody has, you know, dif- difficulties, you know, right. financially, and stuff like yeah. that, life, you know, gets in the way, and it's not a cheap ticket, but yeah. that's what makes me, even more motivated, more to dedica- know that, yeah. and dedicated, yeah, that yeah, people, yeah. that people will come to support me, so I want to give them, value for their book, in a way, I want them to go away, yeah. and, create I want them to go away with fond memories. Yeah. And I think my last fight was so entertaining that people were it like It was. Yeah. It pe- really was. Yeah. The first couple
1: of rounds, you know, they were yeah. touching go a little bit at the start yeah. and that, and I just thought that, you know, I don't know what you did because yeah. I'm not Yeah. And I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about when it comes to boxing. Yeah. But something changed in the third round. Yeah. I, I just don't know whether... Like, do you want to explain to me? Or to is it a, a big deep. secret?
0: No, it's not a secret. It's just like you have to dig deep because, like, at the end of the day, the other guy, in, the, the other, your opponent, like, he's not there to lose. Nobody would step into the ring to lose. I certainly wouldn't anyway. Yeah. And he yeah, tried... He certainly wasn't. He, no way. He, he got up off the ground twice and tried to come back. And each time you look at a boxer, when you give him your best and he falls to the ground and gets back up yeah. you know it, yeah, it, that can be a little yeah <laughs> can be a bit disheartening but uh, yeah. you know the flip side of that is I love it I want to be involved in the dramatic the yeah. dramatic fights yeah. the the fights that have different stories where you're yeah. under the cosh then you come back you're on top because, that's exactly what struck me yeah. about that last fight as yeah. opposed to the one before mm. you know was it second round Sakura like Knockout it was my first time seeing you. Yeah, that was um, over quick. Yeah, but I love, I love having, I love having somebody that comes and is hungry, as hungry to win the fight as you are. Yeah. Because now you know you've got an entertainment. You probably don't now.
1: know this, I didn't say this to you, but myself and my friend Bobby came to the fight the last mm. day and uh, he was dancing. Was he? In front of us for the whole <laughs> carriage.
0: Nah, that's fantastic.
1: Just yeah. getting himself warmed up, you know, d- yeah. doing a bit of skipping, but in... The arena, watching the rest of the fights, and we were like, "Who's this mad scone in front of us?" And next thing, the Lady White Lightning's coming (laughs) out, and then your man just walks out as well. I was like, "Bobby, it's your man. He was dancing in front of us." So, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was an interesting character, wasn't he? oh yeah, he was. But he He fell like the rest.
0: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, like, it's going to get difficult every time, but I learned an awful lot from that fight. I learned an awful lot because he did. He he came. He danced. He tried his best. He got up off the canvas. He gave he gave a lot. But you know, I got a good four rounds in the bank, uh, and yeah. and I can draw from that the next time. But I had to dig deep at times as well. Yeah. I had to be clever. And each fight is going to present me with a new challenge. And I'm just really enjoying this journey. Yeah. And I want to see where it takes me and where it goes. And hopefully, by the time I'm finished, that I'll be satisfied and content. And people. Will have fond memories of the times they came to watch the Lily White Lightning in action.
1: Beautiful. Mm. Well, I already do. And I'm super excited about the 9th of September. If you are based in Ireland, guys, by the way, for a lot of my listeners are from Canada and the UK and America, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. (coughs) So they won't have a clue what the Lily White reference is. Do you want to tell them?
0: Yeah, I suppose the Lily White is a reference to our own county uh county kildare uh the football team um the gaa football team gaelic football team are called the lily whites yeah and my grandfather who i never got to meet um played for the lily whites um back in the 30s and um the lightning would resemble my hand speed my foot speed yeah so I think the two work well together, the lily white light Oh, it's perfect. Um, it's perfect. So, it's so yeah,
1: guys, this is uh, where I live. I live in County Kildare in a different town to where Eric is currently working and living and training. Mm-hmm. He lives in Athy. I live in Salons, um, beautiful part of the country. I highly recommend anyone. If you ever visit Ireland, come see us. But if you are in Ireland listening to this podcast and you have your diary open in front of you, mm-hmm. the 9th of September... National Stadium, opponent to be announced, yes. But I can tell you, lads, and I've already said it on this podcast, it is a whopper night out. Because you will see some top fights there. I couldn't get over the quality of the boxing.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good. But we now, watched
1: man. it from start to finish. We were there early, you know. Yeah,
0: pro boxing has really taken off in the country now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the... the the, the exposure and um, the fights they you know they're, they're they're coming thick and fast there's a lot of promoters taking up the role it's a big job to be a promoter professional boxing promoter because yeah. it, it's a huge risk as well and we're always dependent on people to come and support us and that's just the reality of it because it's an expensive event yeah. to try and set up and take place there's yeah. a lot of overheads yeah. and um, but one thing that's good for us is that we're being you know we have got a stage now um, to kind of showcase our skills yeah. and, and it's the growing. 9th of September is the next stage for me um, and it's
1: growing and growing I've seen it grow mm. and I'm only new to it Yeah, and I've seen it grow yeah
0: yeah, and like I'd love to bring back like you know the glory days of like we all watch Bernard Dunn winning his world title like you know nothing is impossible like if you really apply yourself to your trade you believe in yourself look at what Conor McGregor is doing he's just transcending the whole uh price fighting industry, yeah. He's turning the whole thing up on its head. It's absolutely crazy. It's so but, nuts
1: that I don't think I don't even know what to say about
0: it. Yeah, but but I I have absolutely nothing but admiration for him because he has done that off his own back, yeah. believed in himself, yes. put it out there and he took a big risk as an Irishman, I suppose, by performing the way he has been in front of the camera right from day 1. Yes. Cuz the Irish people could have turned around and said, "Ah, he's full of himself. Good luck." They did. In a way. <laughs> but bizarre, they, don't yeah. It? But what they done what he 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 didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk and people then have changed their mind. I personally changed my mind on him yeah. and I've grown to like him. Yeah. And I'm very entertained by him. Yeah. And I just think what he's done by getting a fight with Mayweather is absolutely most, unbelievable. I just can't it's believe it. a,
1: it's mind bending. Mm. Whatever about like you, all you're gonna hear between now and then are the guys who love MMA and the guys who love boxing, given their their mm. side of it and, yeah. how, and how Mayweather's gonna either run away from him or he's gonna pick him off, have him down on the third, and that'll mm. be it, game over. He's still walking away with a hundred million. And going back to fight some Russian in Russia in the MMA in December. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. Yeah, it is. His is a story for the ages. Oh, for the ages. Unemployed electrician on the dole.
0: I tell you this, though. To where he is. If he beats Mayweather, I would probably put it down on an equal par as Leicester winning... The premiership.
1: Would you not even say it's even bigger than that? The likelihood. Well. Well, yeah, I take your point. Either. Yeah. It's it's just, it's in that bracket. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. in that bracket.
0: It's in that bracket. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Well, guys, isn't Eric just wonderful? I have had the best time talking to him in episode 31 of the Dankeo Wellness Project. I would like to extend my huge and massive and never-ending gratitude to you guys for sticking with me i know that i built up a lot of listeners through episodes 1 to 30 and i apologize for maybe not having as been as consistent as you guys would have liked but the fact that you're listening now really means the world to me because i have come through a pretty difficult time personally and um, i want to give a shout out to arthur Sheeran, who uh, actually did a white collar boxing event with you before Believe did he? it or not yeah oh I arthur. Chatt- yes, yes i remember him arthur, i was yes. chatting to him on the train home yesterday and he asked me to to say hello to you and oh brilliant he hello arthur him. he had a great time at that experience of the white collar box and he's not sure if he'll do it again though yeah. but he had a great time he did yeah but um yeah thanks a million guys i have one more question for eric which is the one that i ask every guest every time and that is in case you haven't answered it already i'm sure you have but to finish off, what does
0: wellness mean to you, Eric Donovan? Uh, wellness means, a, there's a lot of things, but to kind of sum it up, in just a small few words, is to be happy in your own skin. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, what's it. Happy in your own skin.
1: I'm at a point in my life, where I find the word balance, and wellness can't be separated. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at with wellness at the moment yeah. as I've said in lots of previous episodes of the podcast it's actually it can change day to day depending on what you're going through in your life but I love that being happy in your mm. own skin
0: mm.
1: because it's yours
0: yeah you know what yeah. I mean? it is and as sure you rightly is.
1: said in uh, earlier on in the episode you have to take ownership of your difficult situations in order to gain the awareness which you said mm-hmm. unless you have the awareness mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to make those small incremental changes that you need in order to be happy in your own Mm skin. So seek the awareness, guys. I'm still seeking it. And I'm getting lots of support from my beautiful family and friends, my nephews who uh, interrupt podcasts and teach Eric (laughs) the ABCDs. Um, But yeah, Eric, thanks a million. You're a star and uh, I wish you all the best. And thanks for coming on to the
0: podcast. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks for being a supporter of mine. And I wish you all the best with your podcast in the future. I love listening to them. Very insightful. Very um, educational. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Enlighten us. Thank you. Let's do it, man. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, this is Annie from the Coronas. This is Nile Minelli from the Performance and Fitness Academy. This is Karen Preen from Deadlifts and Red Lips. Hi, this is Stephen Ovar from Ovar Muscle. This is Jason Kaufman of Jason 2.0.
0: This is the personal trainer Dominic Minelli. Hashtag the way of Dom. And you're listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast. <laughs>